Let us get ready for today's message. It comes from Luke chapter 20, verse 27 through 38. Some Sadducees came up to Jesus. Now this was the Jewish party that denies any possibility of resurrection. And they asked him, Teacher, Moses wrote us that if one dies and leaves a wife, but no child, the brother is obligated to marry her and give her children. Well, there were once seven brothers. The first took a wife. He died childless. The second married her and died, and then the third, and eventually all seven had their turn, but no child. That sounds really bad, doesn't it? <laughs> After all of that, the wife died. The wife now, in the resurrection, whose wife is she? All seven marry her. And Jesus said, marriage is a preoccupation here, but not there. Those who are included in the resurrection of the dead will no longer be concerned with marriage, nor, of course, with death. They will have better things to think about, if you can believe it. All ecstasies and intimacies then will be with God. Even Moses exclaimed about the resurrection at the burning bush, saying, God, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, God isn't the God of dead men, but of the living. To God, all are alive. This is the good news of Jesus the Christ. Well, how many of you, I don't know at home, think about this for a second, but how many of you here, think that this is going to be a sermon about the resurrection and whether there is one or not. Oh yeah, I got somebody smiling. They're not raising their hand. And, and there's some of you I know are not raising your hand because you know better, right? Because you know this is not about the resurrection. This, this is a trap that theologians, some theologians and some pastors fall into every All Saints Sunday because it's the perfect sermon, right? You're going to talk about the people who died. You're going to give honor to them. And so we're going to pull this story out where the Sadducees, who didn't believe in the resurrection to begin with, are literally mocking Jesus and trying to set a trap. So that's the first thing that you want to know about this story today. Number one, this is one of those Bible stories that should have been labeled a trap for Jesus. Because the Sadducees had no interest in what his answer was going to be, except when he went on record as believing in the resurrection, then they could, could criticize him. Because again, for those of you who have studied in uh, uh, theology and so forth and so on, you know the different sects, right, of the, the Jewish faith. There were the Pharisees who kind of sort of believed in this mild sort of resurrection, <laughs> but the Jewish faith of the, at the time really didn't care. Once the body was gone, they, they didn't really worry about whether it was going to be alive or dead. That actually didn't happen until much later in Jewish history. 
And so the Pharisees were just kind of, sort of, moderate about their feeling in the resurrection. The Essenes, oh my goodness, you know, that, that, that was real important. That, in fact, they knew that the body would raise up the way it was supposed to raise. And finally, you got the Sadducees, who really could care less. But they wanted to make an issue with Jesus. And so we get told this story, and we feel like that, okay, we got to talk about the resurrection. This is the week we're going to talk about whether we believe people die and come back to life. No, we're not going to talk about that. Because that isn't the point. And Jesus did make the point, was what? This is a preoccupation. You're worried about nothing. There's nothing you should be worried about. Because by the time you get to be with God, this thing that we do here in this world called marriage isn't going to matter. Now, I know there's some of you sitting there going, well, now, wait a minute. I, 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 I look forward to seeing those people that have passed. Well, right. But they don't need a status symbol, do they? The fact that you're going to just see them again is all that matters. All that matters is being in relationship with God. There are more important things about this story. One of which, I, I, I love this, this story that I'm going to tell you um, because it's what we do. When we get preoccupied with uh, Reverend Troy Perry used to call it majoring in minors. Folks, does marriage in heaven matter to the way you live your life now? Does marriage in heaven matter to what you do with the people that are in your life now? Does marriage in heaven matter to how you treat your pets, to how you treat other people? No, it doesn't. In fact, it's kind of dumb to be worrying about something that we're called to be doing right now. Amen. <laughs> there is an Italian legend, and Rich, I thought you'd like this, because haven't you been to Italy? Rich, haven't you been to Italy? Where was it you went? Recently? No, there was some trip you took. I thought it was overseas. The last place I was was uh, Peru. Okay, well, that's a long way from Italy. But this is an Italian legend, okay? So I'm about to tell you an Italian legend. And it seems that the servant was not very smart, and the master used to get exasperated with the servant. And finally, one day, in a fit of temper, the master said, you know, you're really the dumbest and stupidest person I know. So I'm going to give you this staff. And I want you to carry it with you wherever you go. And whenever you meet a person that is dumber or stupider than you, give them the staff. So as time went by, and often in the marketplace, the servant would encounter some pretty stupid people. Who doesn't go to the grocery store? Walmart, right? You got all those pictures on Facebook of people in Walmart. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, and years later, he never found anybody. So he still had that staff. But years later, he went home back to the master's house, only to find the master was sick and in bed. And in the conversation, the master said, 
I'm going on a journey soon. When will you return? asked the servant. This is a journey for which I will not return, the master replied. And the servant asked, have you made all the necessary arrangements? And the master said, no, I guess I have not. Well, you could have made all the arrangements. <laughs> oh, yes, I did have time. I had all my life, but I've been busy with other things. And the servant said, let me be sure about this. You're going on a journey from which you will never return, and you've had your whole life to make the arrangements, but you haven't. And the master said, yes, that's right. And the servant replied, master, take this staff. At last I have truly found somebody dumber than me. That's what this story is about. It's about not worrying about what is in heaven and about whether or not you get to stay married. It's about whether or not you're doing the preparation. And the preparation work is what? Being of service to the people that God put in your lives. Being able to forgive. Being able to love unconditionally. Being willing to meet the needs. Final point. There's an editorial staff for the Sunday Magazine. I think this was the Chicago Tribune. Once created, quote, faith in life. An award as a way to increasing its readership and at the same time recognizing those who best demonstrated their faith in daily living. And the readers were encouraged to submit letters and a nomination to the paper telling stories of those persons who best lived their faith each day. It was a smashing success. A large number of nomina nominating letters came in and mentioned people who either had attended church regularly for years, had given sizable amount of money to their church or favorite charity, or had done both, or people that had driven people or visited people in the hospital. Many of the letters were included as part of the newspaper clippings that showed the dedication of the person who was being nominated for the award. <coughs> Some folks were surprised when the winner was announced. His letter of nomination had arrived written in crayon with no newspaper clippings enclosed it just said Anthony is a plumber he helped some people fix up a house for my friend's family because their first house burned down he also visits my grandmother in the nursing home and makes her happy with stories and his harmonica playing. He is a lot like Jesus. I hope he wins. But if he doesn't, it won't matter. He will still be the same good old Anthony. And it was signed, Love, Annie. So what's this story about today? It's about Annie. What are you doing? Are you preoccupied with something that you have zero control over? Are you preoccupied with something that really doesn't matter and missing what's right in front of you? God's people, whom we are asked to love in the same way that God loves us. God bless you.